God of War Ragnarok was supposed to come out last year, and now it's supposed to come out this year. But if the update we got today is any indication, I wouldn't hold my breath. Good morning, good Thursday morning to you. I'm Shane Satterfield from Sifted, and this is Good Morning Gaming for April 21st, 2022. If you'd prefer to consume the show the way it's intended, in a podcast feed so you can listen on your phone as you get ready for work or your commute, Head to patreon.com slash sifted and drop us a pledge at $4 or more per month. It's free on our YouTube channel for everyone else, but there you're going to watch it with ads. You can find our flagship show, Game Face, by searching your favorite podcast service. Please give the show a review if you can. It can make a big difference. Well, we've been waiting for a new look at God of War Ragnarok since last September, when its full debut trailer was unleashed. It's been a long seven months, especially considering the debut teaser trailer was released a year before that. So in 19 months, we've received a grand total of four minutes of footage. Well, today we finally received an update that explains why there haven't been any updates. In a video message on Twitter, game director Corey Barlog wished everyone a happy 420 before explaining that Sony Santa Monica hasn't said much about Ragnarok because the team is heads down working on it. He says there's so much he wishes he could share, but it's just not ready to be shown, which four years into the project seems absurd. There should be plenty more that's ready to be shown. Hearing nothing probably would have been more encouraging. After all, Bethesda sometimes shows a game for the first time and then releases it three months later. So. If we had heard nothing, we could have just continued in our ignorance, assuming all was well. But now that we're eight months away from the end of 2022 and Sony Santa Monica doesn't have anything it deems ready to show the public, red flags are starting to go up. Not just on God of War Ragnarok, but on the video game industry as a whole. This year started off strong, almost too strong. There was an amazing run of great releases that just didn't quite make it last year, including Gran Turismo 7, Elden Ring, Dying Light 2, Pokemon Legends Arceus, and Kirby. But April has been a ghost town for video game releases, and May is looking even worse. If you look further than that, June has a couple big games, but the release calendar is pretty spotty after that. Now that Breath of the Wild 2 has already been delayed into 2023, We're staring down the barrel of the two most anticipated games of the year being delayed out of the year. As it stands right now, barring any major surprises, the biggest game releases left for this year could be Starfield, The Saints Row Reboot, and Bayonetta 3. Keep in mind, there's less than zero chance that all three of those could be delayed out of 2022. We still haven't seen a lick of gameplay from Starfield, for example. All this is shaping up to make 2022 a terrible second full year for Generation 9 consoles. Granted, a lot of people still haven't been able to buy one, but it looks like there could only end up being a few exclusives released in the year where new consoles generally start to sing. Year 2 is usually where new consoles get the first real flood of software and it just continues for the next three or four years from there. But that is not happening this time, and obviously 
a once-in-a-generation pandemic, COVID-19, has had more of an impact, I think, than we thought. It appears the gaming industry just hasn't managed to shrug it off as easily as we thought, and work from home isn't as efficient as some studios have been leading on. And again, there's a lot of people who have yet to get a PlayStation 5 or an Xbox Series console, and when they do, they're going to play the Demon's Souls remake, and they're going to play Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart, and they're going to play Horizon Forbidden West, or they're going to play Halo Infinite, or they're going to play Forza Horizon 5. There's stuff for people who are just getting consoles now, but those installed bases are starting to get pretty big. And what about the people who invested the $550 in one of these consoles? They have to be getting a little bit antsy. So, barring any surprises, 2022 is tracking to not be a great year for video games at all. And 2023 looks like it's gonna be the beneficiary as more and more high profile projects get pushed into next year. And now for a couple more stories from the top of your sifts. It Takes Two is getting the movie treatment, with the project now set up at Amazon for priority development. Variety has learned exclusively that DJ2 Entertainment will produce the film, with Seven Bucks Productions now boarding the project along with Amazon Studios. Dwayne The Rock Johnson, Danny Garcia, and Hiram Garcia will produce on behalf of Seven Bucks. According to Variety's sources, The Rock could also star in the film, but nothing is official as of right now. Sonic the Hedgehog and Sonic the Hedgehog 2 writers Pat Casey and Josh Miller are adapting the game for the screen and will serve as executive producers. DJ2 has created a cottage industry of moving video games to the big screen. It hit the jackpot with the Sonic movies and it's been gravy ever since. There was a showcase for the Saints Row reboot today, we just mentioned that in the prior story, that focused on customization. Character customization looks to be a big deal and includes minute details like vein definition, tons of clothing options, and so much more. But what's even more extensive is the vehicle customization. There are 80 different rides, including cars, motorcycles, even jet skis, and so much more. From paint to body flares, you can mutate each one to your liking. Their performance can also get a bump since you can upgrade nitro, acceleration, and top speed. Each vehicle can also be equipped with a signature ability like an ejection seat. Each part of a weapon can also get custom paint, and you can even set the universal look for your gang. It's scheduled for release August 23rd, but we wouldn't set that date in stone. Earlier this week, we mentioned Xbox placing ads in free-to-play games, and now today, we have news that PlayStation is thinking about doing the same. In fact, reportedly, it's already in talks with partners with the initiative scheduled to roll out later this year. In Business Insider's reporting, it's revealed that Sony is currently investigating ways to encourage developers to continue making free-to-play games, which have soared in popularity during the pandemic by providing new ways to monetize them. Sony is currently said to be working with its ad tech partners to create new advertising opportunities for free-to-play developers that can be directly served in-game, with the goal being to make them feel like a natural part of the experience, such as digital billboards and sports titles. Sony is also pitching the idea of rewarding players with items like skins for watching ads. One source claims the company is considering selling data on consumer activity on PlayStation to developers and publishers, which is somewhat troubling. A brand new, officially licensed NFL game for VR was announced today called NFL Pro Era. Instead of being a football simulation, you play in first person from the perspective of the quarterback, dishing out dimes to your receivers. The more focused approach on the sport should work well in VR, and we're excited to check it out when it launches for Oculus Quest 
and PlayStation VR before the end of the year. The first snippets of Skate 4 footage hit the internet today, EA's popular skateboarding simulation franchise. However, it's pre-alpha gameplay that shows an untextured world with very simple visuals. The animations and physics look solid. There's even some on-foot stuff that shows how skaters can flip and jump off objects. Skate 4 currently doesn't have a release date, and based on this rather primitive footage, it looks to be a long ways off. We finally got a release date for the Sonic Origins collection of four classic Sonic games. Sonic the Hedgehog 1, 2, 3, and Sonic CD have been remastered, but there are other updates as well, including new anniversary modes, new animated content, letterbox backgrounds, and more. The compilation launches for current and next-gen platforms on June 23rd. We thought the Uncharted franchise may be dead at Naughty Dog and instead handled at outside studios from now on, but that hunch could be wrong. According to new Naughty Dog recruiter Christina Marie Drake McBrady's LinkedIn page, she is scouting for talent at every level in order to build future teams for not only new titles, but for the legacy of Uncharted. Naughty Dog is reportedly hard at work on a remake of the first The Last of Us, but perhaps is preparing to squeeze Drake back into the mix. Ubisoft's elusive roller derby game, Roller Champions, has gone gold. We've suspected that this game might be cancelled multiple times, but it always seems to reappear. The odd part is that Ubisoft has still not shared a release date. In a tweet from the game's official account, the publisher stated that launch information will be shared soon. The game has had a couple early access periods, but hasn't made a huge impression thus far. Let's take a break, and when we come back, we'll tackle today's boss fight. Welcome to today's Boss Fight, where I tackle random topics that may or may not be related to video games. So in today's Boss Fight, I want to talk about VR. More specifically, my personal experiences with VR. VR was something that I thought I wanted my entire life. There were these old arcade games where you'd put these huge helmets on and you kind of have to stand in place and spin around, almost like you were looking through like a periscope on a submarine. Very primitive technology, but there I was spending five bucks a pop trying to give it a try. It was always terrible, but I always wanted it. I always felt that VR was going to be the gateway to the holodeck. I think a lot of people have felt this way about VR. So I was very excited when the technology became feasible. I think that's the right word to use. I was not an early backer of Oculus or anything like that. I kind of sat back and honestly let other people jump on the grenade. <laughs> it's like everybody else can throw their money away at this thing. And I did try it. And in fact, I have tried at this point 20 to 25 different VR HMDs. At E3 every year I would try them out. And it was always these very short bursts of play that honestly fooled me into believing that I was going to like VR a lot more than I ultimately did. And two that I was going to be able to handle VR a lot better than I ultimately did. So, I really just couldn't afford to buy one of the more expensive VR HMDs like the Vive or any of the revisions of 
Oculus. It was just too much, too much of a commitment for me. VR was taken off slowly in the industry. I really didn't need it for coverage. And luckily for me, Matt had bought one of the more expensive HMDs. And so we had that covered for Game Face. But finally, with PlayStation VR, I decided to take the plunge because I would not have to build a really expensive PC to run my VR HMD. I already had a PlayStation 4 and then eventually a PS4 Pro. And so the cost of VR, the barrier of entry was much lower for PlayStation VR for me. And I got it. And the first week I had it, most of the games were not particularly long experiences. They were short mini game collections or just kind of VR experiments more than anything else. I did try playing a good chunk of Resident Evil 7 through VR. And what I found was that I could not play VR for extended periods of time. In fact, I found that it made me deathly ill. And to be perfectly honest with you, I completely regret buying PlayStation VR. I have never really been able to play it more than five or 10 minutes at a time. If I play it longer than that, I get so sick that I have to lay on the couch for like, I'm not exaggerating, for an hour or two before I start to feel better. And I recommended PlayStation VR on Game Face, and it is one of my biggest regrets of all almost 300 episodes of Game Face was recommending PlayStation VR. So just so you know where I'm coming from with VR. Now, along the way, I had tried some of the more high-end headsets, and I never had enough time with them to see if they kind of cured my motion sickness. But I did notice that like I could play them for bursts, and I felt okay. And... Over the last year, I've had a couple opportunities to try out Oculus Quest 2. A lot of my friends back at home over the holidays had got them for Christmas, and they were all playing them. And so I put it on, and I messed around with it. I did not get ill. And a lot of that, I think, has to do with, okay, we're going to sacrifice polygons to make sure that this thing runs smoothly, and we eliminate a lot of the factors that make people like me motion sick when they play. And so I thought I had gotten over the hump with the Oculus Quest 2, and I asked for it for Christmas, and I did not get it. I got other things. I got a bike, which I'm glad that I got. Um, but for whatever reason, my family decided to not buy me Oculus Quest 2. A lot of it may be that they thought I may end up getting it for free, which I have not. But that did not stop my thirst for VR. Quest 2, with its low cost, to me, is worth the risk particularly when they're selling on eBay with the two controllers for around 200 bucks. If I don't like it that much, it's not that big of a loss, and I can always prove to myself that I can handle VR before spending a hefty sum on PlayStation VR 2 when it finally launches. Yes, I'm getting suckered into PlayStation VR 2, and for the same reason I got suckered into the first PlayStation VR, it's because I won't have to build a massively powerful PC to run Bleeding Edge VR, which I believe PlayStation VR 2 is going to be. The other part of it, too, is that the resell market for Quest 2 is healthy enough that I would not get permanently burned. If I buy it and I learn that I can handle VR well enough and it sets me up for PlayStation VR 2, I can resell that thing on eBay and get most of my money back. So a lot of the concerns I've had with buying VR in the past, have kind of been satiated. Just as my curiosity was reaching a peak over the last couple months, Facebook held a MetaQuest gaming showcase today to show off all the new games coming to Oculus VR headsets in the next year. 
The show's highlights include The Walking Dead, Saints and Sinners, Chapter 2, Resident Evil 4, Mercenaries Mode, Among Us, a first-person shooter called Aspire 2, Beat Saber DLC, and much more. Most interesting, the gaming showcase was a Nintendo Direct-styled presentation that at least gives you the impression that Facebook, I mean Meta, is serious about a steady stream of new games for the Quest 2. Mark Zuckerberg showed up at the end to show a brand new home environment for Quest before announcing quote-unquote one last thing, which turned out to be Ghostbusters VR. The host even had a corny bit at the end where she gets into the Ecto-1 and drives away. So the short of it is that Meta is starting to finally figure out the games industry, how it works, how fans are used to absorbing new information, and most importantly, what it takes to keep your platform relevant quarter after quarter. So, as someone who rejected VR, after giving it a chance, a real chance, and investing a nice chunk of money into it, PlayStation VR wasn't cheap, people. It was still expensive, after already owning a PS4 on top of it all. I went for it, and I got burned, but I'm telling you, between the Quest 2 and PlayStation VR 2, I am ready to give it another chance. And I realize most of you have never given it a first chance. PlayStation VR 1 only sold around 5 million units, less than 5% saturation of the PS4's installed base. So I know most of you have yet to jump in. Some of you may have jumped in with Quest 2, but I do feel like a lot of you are kind of on the same path that I'm on. You've been in a wait-and-see posture on VR, but I'm telling you, I think it might be time to get off the sidelines. Thanks for listening to Good Morning Gaming. I appreciate every single one of you who listens to GMG. I'm Shane Satterfield. Follow me on Twitter at Dinfire and follow Sifted at Sifted Games. The show will be back tomorrow, but until then, make sure you seize today, because there will never be another.